1: I'm Liam McLam, KCBS Foodie Chap at Nightbird in San Francisco. With me is Executive Chef Kim Alto. Chef, good to see you. Hi.
0: I'm amazing. How are you?
1: Thank well, you. I'm amazing because I am in your company.
0: Oh, I appreciate that. A nice.
1: And nice I smell lobster. We're going to get to that in a moment. But first, the first thing I always ask after saying cheers to you, darling, to Nightbird. Here we go. Hmm. My word, a lovely crisp. Heavenly gift from the gods, right there. (laughs) I usually ask the chef what we're drinking, but we happen to have the man behind the great cocktails, the wine list. You're Ron. Ron, come on over here. Don't be shy. Uh, What are we drinking, my friend? It's a 2015 Domaine de Moliere, Premier Cru, Chablis. You know, what I love about meeting Ron... Folks, the joy of radio is you can't see what Ron's wearing. He's wearing a kilt, uh, and it has a tie-in to uh, one of his cocktails. Uh, I want to ask you one more question about the wine. So when it comes to the wine and pairing the perfect wines with chef's food, uh, tell me about that union, that marriage of the wine and the food here at Altair.
0: What we tend to do is... um, Sorry,
1: at Nightbird. Nightbird.
0: (laughs) (laughs) What we tend to do is um, we bring in a lot of female producers, um, they tend to have a little bit more elegant, a little bit more restraint in the wine, and it tends to really kind of pair well with uh,
1: Kim's Chef Kim, Chef Alter's food. Chef Alter? Yes. You're at the Alter of Alter right here, Ron. Right? <laughs> uh. So in this case, uh, with the Chablis, it's nice restraint, nice crisp acidity to kind of go with a lot of that sweet corn, the richness of the broth, and the smoked um, butter as well. Oh, i'm drooling uh well more about your kilt and by the way you wear it well we'll talk about that in just a moment ron thank you so much so chef first the name nightbird what's behind the name
0: you know 100 percent honestly ron came up with it we had tried for over a year researching and thinking and finally i just got an email one day and he's like nightbird this is the last one and i thought it was vintagey and it you know i love owls and i really just thought it was perfect
1: you know, if you walk around here and look closely, walk around the restaurant Nightboat. Nightbird. By the way, uh, we are on Gough Street in San Francisco, Hayes Valley. Uh, there are little owls peeking out left, right, and center. Not in an overwhelming way, but they're there. They're watching.
0: Yeah, little, they're little gifts that people bring us, but then we move them around the room, mm-hmm. actually. So every time you come, they're somewhere different. That's, that's another Ron, uh, Ron thing.
1: <laughs> We're going to be talking a lot about Ron in this interview, aren't we? uh chef kim let's go back in time southern california you grew up there tell us where did you grow up who was cooking in the family and what was coming out of the kitchen at home
0: um a hundred percent honestly uh so i grew up in San Clemente and laguna beach yeah. uh, beautiful you know very beachy town and you know i would say that My mom would be cooking, if anything, but she was in college getting a master's when, you know, and I was in school, so it was a lot of reheating.
1: It's all right. Listen, my mom was the original sous vide pioneer. Everything boiled in a bag.
0: Yeah, definitely. A (laughs) microwave was probably the most used uh, item in our house when I was a kid.
1: What ignited that fire in your belly? When did food become something special beyond just something you had to eat, to stay alive? When was that fire ignited? of cuisine for the culinary arts
0: I really think that hospitality came before food I moved in an awkward time in junior high and I think that I always applied cooking to a project to give to my classmates and I guess it's you know it, it gave acceptance and you know joy and I saw that and then I translated that and I started working in restaurants when I was 15 and just loved cooking and fell in love
1: do you remember that first triumph in the kitchen you made something nailed it and you thought I, i've got this
0: i mean it would probably be at ocarello that was one of my first kitchens when i was 18 when i was in culinary school um super fine dining and suzette is one of my mentors friends and her foie gras pasta we cook it all in minute and i remember the first time that i didn't break the sauce and i didn't get yelled at i was like i got this <laughs>
1: and i have to tell you she is one of the uh, in my eyes uh, unsung heroes of the culinary world uh she's a chef chef uh and she has mentored so many to come through her kitchen uh is to is to learn much right yes,
0: and john carlo like yeah. both they're my culinary parents i say because i was in the front and the back there yeah. and uh suzette is on the line every night teaching and so amazing i learned i'm i'm cooking because of her
1: probably what brought you north southern california raised and what brought you uh, up to northern I think, california
0: i think uh, deep down i'm more of a northern california kind of girl yeah. um Wait, it's
1: not a surfboard in, in, and <laughs> in, in the kitchen back there waiting to catch some waves surfs yeah. up
0: not so much yeah. and you know the cca was here uh and i went to that culinary school right when i graduated high school and i just fell in love with the bay area i mean it's amazing
1: what was your takeaway from cca
0: um I worked full-time when I was in the CCA, yeah. so I want to think that it gave me the basis, it gave me the ability to walk into Suzette's kitchen, and her, that's probably the reason why she gave me the opportunity to get a job there, because I was focused and I was in school. That would be the best takeaway I'd say I got from it. Uh,
1: your career would progress, would take you uh, to the Daniel Patterson Group, Plum, mm-hmm. Haven. Tell me about the takeaway, working with Daniel.
0: Working with Daniel, I think that I learned a lot. I learned a lot about watching my cost. Um, going... I mean, I always have gone to the farmer's market. It's something that I was at before. I was with him working at Manresa, working on farms. Yeah. But, you know, I physically go every day and pick each potato that I want. And yeah. that is definitely something that he instills in all of us who have worked for him.
1: And It would be naughty to sit here and not refer to David Kinch. Your time with David, much beloved chef... The quiet chef, a brilliant chef, a brilliant mind, a brilliant talent. Take me to his kitchen first and working there alongside him.
0: I think that my whole culinary mindset changed when I was there. I It opened my eyes to growing vegetables and how a radish is just as important as a lobster. Yeah. And um, I was so lucky to work with the minds like Jeremy Fox, James. And I mean, just everyone who worked there, we were at the point where we could be chefs but we all chose to be cooks to work under David Kinch and he just taught you to respect what you're doing change your mind that you don't have to have like a starch on the plate every time you can just do what you want utilize the the Bay Area's ingredients
1: his less is more philosophy Yes. what you can take off the plate as opposed to what you can put on it
0: exactly and I'm still doing that I'm still (laughs) learning about editing but yes no I, I it changed my whole it opened my eyes I think working there
1: well here we are off street san francisco 2016 you open nightbird uh pretty much instant critical claim people loved it word was out this was a place to be just celebrated your second year so you're out of diapers you're running around now you're talking uh that's <laughs> a two-year-old
0: I know. I, you know when we opened i was like should we drink,
1: should <laughs> we drink to that
0: i think we should
1: <laughs> i conjured up an image there didn't i so chef Opening night bird. Take us back to that first day. What were your hopes? What were your ambitions? What did you desire for this spot in this neighborhood, in this town at that time?
0: My hopes were that we could do a tasting menu format, but still be considered a neighborhood gem, still be a place that someone could walk into because. We're trying to stay in appropriate for San Francisco price range. Yeah. Um, you know, we haven't raised our prices since we opened and we're doubled our, op- our option since we opened. Where yeah. It's a 12 course now. Um, and I just think that we want someone to be able to come in. The food's approachable. The space is approachable. Our service is, you know, lovely. Our, you can get a cocktail, a mocktail, wine, whatever you'd like. And, you know, I'm here every night saying hello to you.
1: Yes, you are. We love that. Um, the menu. Walk us through the menu. Uh changes of course as as the garden grows so the menu changes
0: well you know we change our menu every two to three weeks and this just being in the height of summer at the farmer's market it's completely based on the textures of summer and the vegetables and what we can get every day and we've added these reflection courses so after to edit myself basically you know you start a course and then you can roll into like on the lobster We utilize the shells and the corn husks, and we make a broth afterwards. So it's kind of uh, every course has a little baby brother afterwards.
1: And I love that, you know, so many people refer, refer, so many chefs refer to the whole beast, but you use the whole plant, the whole vegetable, the whole thing it's all about utilizing as much as you possibly can without waste right
0: exactly um so for this dish in particular we took the shells we make a broth we took the corn cobs and the corn husks and made a broth and then we utilized uh oats that we had made a chip out of and then took the lobster row we dehydrated and put it on it so that's a course that follows so it's really just you know we don't want to throw things away we want to be sustainable but we want the plate to be simple so we started the second course after or the course following each one
1: I'm drooling. I'm going to have a bite here. Uh, one more time. This is on the menu as...
0: So this is a Binchitang grilled lobster with roasted and raw hearts of palm. There's fermented and charred corn and corn pudding with a nasturtium flour and smoked butter broth.
1: Oh, I never eat alone, chef. Okay. But before we eat, we've got one more time, a little salute here.
0: <laughs>
1: Cheers. Mm. Gosh, that <laughs> is delicious. Here we go. It is, right? Yeah, I think What about that? What about that, Ron? Knows what he's doing back there, doesn't he? Yeah. Uh, go on, chef. Here we are. A little bite. And there's nothing like lobster for breakfast, right? I say, at
0: 11, I love lobster.
1: Lobster at 11. It's a, it's a new thing. Mm-hmm. Have you not had lobster at 11? Here we go, chef. Mmm. Oh, my. What I love about your cuisine, chef. The layers of flavor... The different notes that hit you—the smoky notes, a little, a little slight kick. No donkey kicks on this dish, but a little no, subtle. That yeah.
0: comes later. Yeah,
1: <laughs> that's with dessert. Um, and chef, for you to be here in this community, uh, on this street, uh, so many great restaurants. Yeah. Who knew uh, Hayes Valley uh, would be a culinary mecca? Dominique Crenn, with a restaurant just a couple of blocks away, uh, around the corner. Uh, we have our friends or down the street at Rich Table. Uh, this is quite the spot to be.
0: So many women, too. Yeah. I mean, Tracy de Jardin, Michelle Polzine. I'm so lucky that I can walk in any block direction, and I can get advice, borrow some cream, or you know, borrow some walk-in space because we don't have a lot of space here. So, And everyone has been nothing but gracious and amazing since we've yeah. been here, and it's awesome.
1: You know, there once was a time when it was... It was a man's world. The chef world was a man's world. Uh, And I love that yourself, Dominique Cran, you're a chef, you know, a female chef, you're a chef. Do you happen to be female though? And women are rising in the culinary world, which is a great thing. And it's at the right time too.
0: Definitely. And it's in the past few years, it's, I want to say, like almost a force. We're just quietly putting our heads down and working and, you know, letting that show what we do more than anything else. And I think that we're proving
1: ourselves yes you are you're crushing it darling what is the reward for you on a busy night restaurant is packed to the gills diners knee deep in good food and wine as you pop your head out do you ever get to have those little moments of and what are those moments about for you
0: during service probably not <laughs>
1: your head's back there your head is down yeah, <laughs> yeah. on the line yeah. i
0: mean i'm definitely on the line every night but i make sure to touch every table and when people say how great the staff is and you know we've had the servers here since day one we've had my whole kitchen is female um and just they run food as well and then being able to see the guests appreciation and um it's it's rewarding
1: yeah uh, we, we talked to Ron earlier uh, Be remiss to not mention the cocktail program here Ooh, As I knock a fork flying uh, The Linden Room I mean, you guys brought sexy back with that bar You really did You walk in there It's a little bit like stepping back in, in time It could be the 1920s in there
0: 1930s New York Hotel was my inspiration
1: Boom, I was a decade off uh, <laughs> But look at the, the names of the cocktails I love them The Bing Crosby my favorite, of course, the kilt dropper, and of course, love that Ron's wearing a kilt today, isn't it? F- does he always wear a kilt him. to work?
0: Uh, on Tuesdays and Wednesdays.
1: Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> What's your favorite cocktail?
0: Um, well, I prep them all. Ron creates them. I'd say, you know, I'm a I'm a bourbon girl. I really like the Kentucky 75, yeah. um, and the Bing Crosby, just because the cherry falernum, which we make, we make everything in house. Um, there's a big hibiscus uh, ice cube that we make, and chainsaw, and it's just, you know, a lot of thought goes in each one, and I think Ron does a great job.
1: And you have a lot of folks who've just come for the cocktails Uh, but equally if you want to stay for a cocktail after dinner you can
0: Mm -hmm. and you know when someone's eating here we always try to reserve some seats um, if they'd like to go and have like an after dinner drink or some Amaro Um, and a lot of people come before have some champagne then come in here and you know we have our regulars who come every night
1: you have a prefix menu uh, as you say has not changed uh, since you opened, $125 per person, addition, additional amount for wine, of course. And you also cater to the theatre crowd, the symphony crowd, with... A special menu uh, Tuesdays and Thursdays. Tell me about that.
0: Yeah, so we do a symphony menu and it's a smaller menu for $75 that we offer from five to six um, to kind of, you know, people to be able to see a show, which we're in the show district, and be able to have a nice relaxing meal and get out at an appropriate time and still get to experience what we do here.
1: Well, I love that you're doing what you're doing. Uh, The passion, the love, the thought, the care, that you bring to everything that ends up on a plate, and not just any old plate. Isn't there a family connection to some of your your plateware here?
0: Well, all of the plates are made by women in the city. Um, This one in particular, Mary Mar, she's right across the street behind the blue bottle. My mom, made, my mom made the uh, coasters, the napkins, the drapes. Um,
1: Thanks, Mom. I know.
0: And so we, we tried to always tie that in. You know, my friend Carolyn did all the painting of the walls, and all the ceramics were done by women. And just, you know, we kind of had a theme, and it just fell that way. It's not like I was looking for that. Just it, I think that it spoke to my, my aesthetic.
1: Well, folks, do yourself a favor. Fly here to Nightbird. You will not be disappointed. A show here. How many nights a week, Chef?
0: Tuesday through Saturday.
1: A show. You give yourself a couple of days. Thank goodness. Yes. Uh, and it would be remiss of me not to ask you when you're not cooking, when you're outside the kitchen. What are your passions? What do you love to do on your days off? We go out and
0: eat and drink. <laughs> you know I mean, or and work in the garden, sleep. Yeah. You know, yeah. the usual things. We went Good. to the. Yeah, it's that's what we do.
1: <laughs> Listen again. Thank you, Chef Kim Alter, the restaurant Nightbird, Gough Street, San Francisco. Do yourself a favor. Venture here uh, for dinner. Uh, come for the special theater menu, Tuesdays, Thursdays, uh, more on Chef's Story and this delicious recipe for this incredible lobster dish. You'll find it at kcbsradio.com and click on Foodie Chap. One last time, Chef. Cheers. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what?